The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you all so much for joining us for this training camp preview episode, which we are going to discuss uh, a potential hangover for Buffalo Bills fans from 2022. The the way that the 2022 postseason ended until now, are fans still excited or are they still feeling a little let down from how that season ended? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about training camp position battles and, and different areas that we're going to be looking for this entire training camp that we're going to be discussing with you guys each week in and week out. And uh, a lot of other items. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Head on down the thruway. Get off at Exit 41 in Waterloo. There you'll find the Delago Resort and Casino. And uh, it's a great time. We've been there geez, a dozen times. We're gonna get the, hit the, we're gonna hit it up over the summer before train or before uh, the season starts. Check it out again. Maybe have dinner there. Um, it's a great time. You'll love it there. So. I'm joined in this episode to talk Oh, real quick before I talk about who I'm joined with my co-host. Um, we had uh, two great episodes that we released this last Thursday and Friday with training camp preview, uh, an episode with Sean Murphy, staff writer for BuffaloRumblings.com. We talked for a long time with him. So uh, that was a lot of fun. You'll like that. And if you haven't listened to last Monday's episode, which I did with John and Mike, uh, that was probably one of the funniest episodes, or at least one of the most interesting episodes we've ever done in our careers podcasting. We've, I don't, I have no idea how many podcasts we've done. We've probably done like 300 or 400. I have no idea, but um, it was one of the most memorable that we've done. So I'm joined now by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, John, I'll start with you. How's it going? Is it dapper this evening? Is you feeling dapper? Is it 
Is is it good? They totally ruined what I was going to say. I'm just going to say go Bills. And I am super excited for training camp to start finally. And uh, not that training camp is a big deal, but I mean, for me, but (laughs) um, no, I'm excited for things to get going uh, preseason. And then finally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing Jets week one. Yeah. Do you have tickets to to training camp? I, I heard they sold out within minutes. So, nope. Well, you need season <laughs> tickets. You need season tickets to get training camp tickets. So, unless you have those, then you can't get there. So. I got alerts that they that you could sign up, like, for to the online. What? Yeah. Dude, what stuck some, stick in my head is, like, the last time we were there, remember, we almost had a heat stroke. There was nothing covering us. It was like <laughs> the sun was just beating down on us. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was horrific. Yeah, yeah. I. It was, like, 89, 90. <laughs> yeah, it, by, like, 10 a.m. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Yeah. I felt my first beat of sweat go down my back at 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's gonna be a long day. This is gonna be a long one, guys. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, all tickets for training camp practices at St. John Fisher and the tickets for the re- return of the blue and red at Highmark Stadium have been claimed. You can buy them online for like a ridiculous price, like 20, 30 bucks a piece um, at Ticketmaster for like the secondary market. And it goes up from there. I'm sure they sell them for a lot more than that. But yeah, we could talk about, we could talk about favorite training camp moments or something like that at some point, too. That's always a fun thing to describe or like the experience of what it is for a lot of fans that are listening now. Some have gone, but a lot of them have never gone. And a lot of them probably won't go either. They're not in the area or they don't have season tickets. Who is the, so to paint the scene, like we're looking directly into the sun and just sweat is just, we're just completely drenched in our own sweat (laughs) (laughs) on these metal bleachers. And then the, we could see one thing like the quarterbacks trot out. And I don't even remember which quarterback it was, but like instantly slipped on something, whatever they had on the sideline. You're like, ah, that's his knee. (laughs) (laughs) That's a knee right there. He just took a, that was was Kevin Cobb. Yeah. Yes. Kevin Cobb, EJ Manuel. Yeah. That's right. EJ Manuel wasn't even yeah. supposed to start that year. It was supposed to be Kevin Cobb to, to lead it. And yeah, he slipped on a mat. <laughs> it, it's definitely a different experience when you're a kid. Like now, I, I could care less to really go to training camp comparative to when I was a kid. I'd like my kids to experience that. But it the like the way that the tickets are structured now, it seems like it's that would be impossible. That's that's a problem with your team actually being good <laughs> for once. We didn't have to worry about that for like roughly eighteen years. Yeah, it was, yeah but when I was a kid, they were good. True, the, true. They were. I mean, it was a, a different. It was a different place. It was in Fredonia. Like I, I don't know the logistics of it because I was just a kid, right? It was like, oh, somebody just took me, <laughs> right? <laughs> John, John, what was Mike? You've never been to the Fredonia camp, right? I know we're all the same age. I've never been to the Fredonia camp. How? What was that like, John? Just tell us real quick for all the listeners, including me. I'd love to hear what the difference was because you've been to both. So I don't remember a whole lot, but <laughs> <laughs> the moment that's that I remember. So like I had a favorite Bill shirt when I was a kid, right? Like, and I remember they were doing like the autograph thing after the practice, and I was able to get. And it was mostly because my my grandmother was there, and like you know 
pushing our way through everybody. And using you as a meat shield and just pushing you through. Yeah. But like but like I was a kid, so like the the players, you know, they, they, they would rather sign for a kid anyway, right? So um the both Jim Kelly and Frank Reich signed my t shirt that I was wearing, which was wow. totally amazing and awesome. And I think that was probably my most favorite moment. I still have the shirt. <laughs> Can't fit into it, just so you know. <laughs> but I still have it. <laughs> Dude, that's a cool shirt to have. Would you, I would either frame that or try to sell it, right? Like, that's cool. I would never, I wouldn't sell anything that I, any bills, things that I get, but... Um, Nice. No, no, that's that was, cold, that was a really. Cold I can't believe that you said that. <laughs> you should sell it. Well, he, yeah. he's like, I would never sell anything. You could get five hundred dollars for it. Well, you know, I mean, there's a price for everything, right? No, I, no, I wouldn't. But like, I, you know, no, I remember like them like practicing and stuff and thinking it was really cool. But like, like to Mike's point, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. The last time that we went together, it was ninety degrees and. It, it was very uncomfortable and like the little bit that you saw and it's like, you're looking for different things as an adult. When you're a kid is just like, just to see anything was amazing. Just like, Oh, there's, there's a bunch of players there. Like that's the most amazing thing ever. You don't know who they are or you have the thing that tells you the jerseys and the program or whatever. But as an adult, you're looking for very specific things. You know, we're talking about it on the podcast. It's like, oh, did this guy, what did this guy do? Oh, he dropped a pass. Oh, no, that kind of. But as a kid, you're more optimistic. It's like, oh, look at this. Oh, that's so cool. This and this. So I think it's a to- totally different experience. Yeah, you're like, I don't care that he dropped a touchdown. It's just it's just cool just to see a guy throw a ball in person, right? Like, it's just, was there a lot more people, do you feel like, at the Fredonia ones? Or was it, I mean, can you even remember that sort of feeling of, like, the crowd? I don't like, think I paid people? enough attention as a kid to, like, how many people there were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dumb question. Okay, got it. <laughs> that's cool, though, that you went to Fredonia. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone that's actually been to the Fredonia. Yeah, I mean, my 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 family is from Buffalo, so um, both you know both sides of grandparents and everything. So like, it was I it was more of a thing, I guess, for me. Um, John grew up in Bill's royalty. It feels like he like it was it was passed down from generation to generation. And yeah, I mean, I was yeah, I was born here in Rochester. You know, my parents moved here before I was born, but like both both sets of uh, grandparents are from Buffalo and extended family and everything. So. You know, we, you know, we're, you know, visiting there like every other weekend almost seemed like, you know, uh, for different things, uh, which was really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So there is a feeling I, I still get this like amongst the fan base where they're, they're not truly we're not truly over the disappointment from the 2022 season. I think a lot of it has to do with the expectations that were put there, put in place. You know, everyone was had the Bills as the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, they were the favorites in Vegas to win the Super Bowl. Um, they went 13 and three. Uh, they kind of sputtered out towards the end. And then the disappointing game against the Bengals in the playoffs where like they just looked so flat footed. They looked like they were drained. Um, we talked about some of the salacious rumors that people have used to explain that. I think it was just a, more of a of of the bills were just drained by that point of the season. I think they they were just drained from all the things that had gone on, you know, for inside the team, outside the team. You know, they lost a home game because of the weather and the snow and the blizzards in Buffalo. Like there was just a lot of things that doesn't even include the Demar Hamlin incident and everything going on within the building. Dawson Knox's younger brother. Um, all, all that stuff. So we've talked about that nauseum, but 
uh, I still get this feeling. And what's funny is I put it up on Twitter because I'm like, I kind of get this sense that there's still a feeling from the fan base. But sometimes if you put it up on Twitter, like, hey, is there a hangover from the 2022 Bill season for the fan base? Like, you'll get 25 comments. It's like, no, ready. I'm pumped for training camp. Let's go, right? But then the good thing about a poll is is it keeps all the anonymity out of it, right? So, like, well, I'll ask you, John and Mike, like, before we talk about what... Wait, why is a poll good? Because it allows people to like, if you just put it out there for people to have their response, like then they kind of put themselves out there. If if I'm like, no, 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 I'm still psyched for it. And people are like, really? After, you know, that Bengals loss, can you really say that you're psyched about it or you're excited for the season? And, pe- and then, you know, it, it, it puts yourself out there a little bit more than just hitting one option, yes or no. And there's complete anonymity because you don't know who voted yes and who voted no, you know? Um it's like an employee survey at work. <laughs> it's like supposedly they don't know who uh, who decided that uh, that Mike Mike thought that, they, that the salary wasn't enough at work. <laughs> that they needed to offer more benefits for you know. It's completely anonymous. Well, was uh, he running back or different <laughs> position? Oh, nice, nice, John. Running back, yeah, running backs. That's an interesting conversation. Um, running backs not getting paid enough. But the good thing about a poll is, <laughs> good thing about, let's not let's not switch gears just yet. <laughs> the first thing, good thing about a poll is it's completely anonymous. So, if you guys were to say, like Mike and John, you personally, like, do you still feel like there's a hangover from the 2022 season? I mean, we're content creators, so we talked about it almost, geez, almost every week since the season ended on that playoff game. Like, are you as psyched for this season as you were last season, or is there a lull? John, I'll start with you. You know your, your thoughts on on you know this the upcoming 2023 season which nobody has the like you you i've I've shared the graphic you sent us the graphic john the nobody at least in that one um episode of espn whatever show that was nobody had the bills winning the afc east much less the super bowl um i kind of like that position that we're in that they were kind of flying under the radar but i mean what do you think john i mean i feel like i had more of a hangover after 13 seconds than i did after last season Last season, I felt like the Bengals in the regular season probably would have beat the Bills that game if the Hamlin thing didn't happen. And when we got to the postseason against the Bengals, I was extremely scared. I, I, I thought we were going to lose, you know. Um, so I, uh, for all intents and purposes, my... yeah, yeah, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> they almost lost the week before against the Dolphins, you know, right? Exactly against a third string quarterback, yeah. And, you know, like the year before, I felt like that was going to be the year. Now, granted, last year they had won more games in the regular season, and but it didn't feel the same, um, especially the second half of the season. They had a lot more injuries, obviously, so that that, that contributes to it. But I, I'm not. I'm going to say no. Like I am pumped for the season, um, just as I was for last year, even after 13 seconds. I'm I'm ready to go. Well, I think the difference with that one was, and I and we should talk about this at some point in time. I'm sure we will if we haven't already. Is just what loss is a good loss? Like what loss do you walk away from where you're like, okay, I still feel optimistic because you walk away from 13 seconds being like, okay, they were this close, right? But then you you I mean, they still lost against the Bengals. I mean, they lost against the Chiefs. They lost against the Bengals. I think the difference was the way that they lost, right? Like it was just the method that they lost because it wasn't so close where they were just like a hair away. Like they just got dominated the entire game 
and there was no they probably shouldn't have even been in that game the way that they were playing. So um like you said, they won more games, but in the end they couldn't they couldn't produce when it mattered. Um so I feel like that has that's that's why we're in the position we are. I mean, everyone saw that game against the Chiefs and they're just like if it wasn't for a fluke, you know, uh kickoff that they didn't for some reason squib kick it and a few other things, like they should have they should have won that game. Um it was not the case this last year. Mike, what about you? Are you is there any lull before I tell you how I feel? Like is there any lull that you feel from the 2023 se- or 2022 season and the way that it ended? No, none whatsoever. Okay. All right. <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of one, but you're a cynical person. Yes. If you and I play ping pong three times, right? One time I might be up 13-2 and the other time I might be up Two to two or two to one. <laughs> like it's such a fluky thing. It's one game for 60 minutes. Like I, they definitely got beaten up, but that's why people like the sport. It's such a tiny sample size. Anything can happen. Whereas baseball, basketball, you're playing seven game series and the best team you can be confident eventually comes out on top. And even then it goes seven games, right? Yep. So it's just very difficult to ferret out. Like maybe the Bills were the better team. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were and they laid an egg, or maybe they weren't and they could have won. I just think, um, given the variability, uh, you never know what year will be our year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, through our discussions on the podcast, I feel much more confident this season. After you know, we we talked about some position groups. We talked about the way that the team is headed. Like I, I do feel excited for this team. That. This this team last year faced a lot of adversity and they still ended up thirteen and three. Like a ton of adversity. Like I could go over it all again, which I might, but I'll go over you know, it's it's they faced so many things and they were still thirteen and three and they were a good team. They were top five offense, top five defense. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this team. And you could argue that that team this year has gotten better or the same in almost every position on the field. So there's lots of reasons to be excited. I'd say one of the reasons to not be excited, maybe Aaron Rodgers entering the division, maybe the Dolphins beefing up their team a little bit, the Jets. Um, you know, they're they're all trying to make a run for it, like win now. So like you have to face that. But I still think the division is very winnable. I th- still think the Bills are probably the best team. And I mean, if you have your franchise quarterback, the window doesn't really close, especially if you have a good GM, a good coaching staff. But um, but yeah, yeah. So I'm so there's a lot to be excited about. And I think that those fans are just, you know, it's it's the way it is. Like I remember uh like in my son's school, at his elementary school, they're like, you know, it's some day in March is like, oh, we're your favorite team, sh- your sports team shirt today at school. And he's like, I was like, Oh, where's your Bill shirt, dude? Like, wear that, you know, Josh Allen t shirt. And he's just like, No, I'm not gonna wear any Bill shirts. I'm like, why not? He's like, Cause they lost. <laughs> it's like he well, of course, he's so young. I'd be like, yeah, he, they're going to do that a lot at the end of the season, more often than they actually do win the season, right? So, because uh, <clears throat> they've never done that. But it's, but I feel like there are a lot of fans that still kind of feel that way. Like, oh, they lost. Like, what's the point? But um, I'm still excited about it. I'm still pumped. There's a lot of things to be excited about this, this team. Um, if you look at uh, Twitter, which I was very surprised at, because sometimes I throw things out. And it's kind of exactly how I ex- expect it to be. This one, I was just like, you know, I feel like there's a little bit. And mind you, like, I also have some insight into the to the um, fan base, like between like 
analytics for the the podcast, like t-shirt sales, like all these things. Like I, I just feel like there's a little bit of a lull. And sure enough, like I put it out on Twitter, like feels like there's a, still a hangover from the 2022 bill season for the fan base. And I had the answers as uh, the poll answers as yes, there is, or no, I'm pumped for 2023. Yes, there's still a hangover was the winner of that poll at 51 and a half percent, 441 votes. And then, you know, 48 and a half percent. I said, no, I'm pumped for 2023. Like that's pretty telling. I thought it might be like, if I had to guess, the number of fans that were just like, yeah, I'm still hungover from that, from the disappointment of 2022. I'd say there was probably like 30%, maybe if I had to guess on my own. The fact that it's the majority of fans is quite surprising, maybe slightly shocking. It's definitely shocking because this time of year, every team's fans think they're going to be doing really well, right? Like this is this is the only time of year. <laughs> Yeah. Where you can be a, like a Cardinals fan, a Bills fan, or whoever, and be like, "Yeah, th- this is this is this could be the year, right?" Like, how many times did we go six and ten or seven and nine, and we're like, "Oh, you know what? They they made they got a couple free agents. They had a good draft. You know, th- this this could this could be the year that they could whatever, right?" Mm-hmm. And look at where we are now. We have a we have a really great team. <laughs> I know, you know, but you nothing's know. happened yet. I think if you do it a, a into training camp, it might be completely different. Well, so so here's a question. Nothing's like erased that memory. So there's here's a question with that. Then is it's what's going to take for for those the majority of the fan base that still has a hangover from the 2022 season. Like, what's it going to take for them to get over that? Like, is it going to be just training camp starting? Like, is that going to soothe everyone's nerves? Right? Like, or is it going to be? Destroying the Jets. Uh, the destroying the Jets in week one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that would that that week one game, I think, is going to be a huge determinant of how Bills fans view the season. If they if they win that game, people are all in, right? It's just like last season, you know, Super Bowl expectations, like let's go, right? If they lose week one against the Jets, I could see this fan base just spiraling out of control, you know. Um I disagree. Not to be too hyperbolic, but you, you don't one game. No, you don't think losing to a division rival in week one when you're preparing for it, the whole offseason matters because then they got the Raiders. That's a win. Commanders. That's a win. But the majority of the fan base might not look at it that way. I don't I don't I I think we're all prisoners of the moment. So to harken back to next year or last year, I think you just forget about it as soon as the season starts. Well, that 51 percent of fans that are that are still upset over last season. Like that's not going to go away just because they all of a sudden you know got around to starting training camp. Like nothing. I think once the new season starts, you don't care about last because there's other things going on in your life and you don't remember last season. Dude, there's been so many things that have happened between January and now, the, like six months. New, nothing season, football though. It's not se- like the new relevant. season started mid March. We had free agency in the draft. And we're asking the usually that's now. what. Yeah, people people aren't looking at this question. If 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 they're not already following what's happened this season, mm-hmm. there's no football that has overridden in my mind the last Bills game yet. So as soon as they have another football game, I will repl- take my mind, take that tape, and just erase it and put this new one over it. It's like rewriting it. <laughs> I just feel like it's the opposite. Like people are always like over optimistic in the off season. So that's what I think the poll is surprising because. I would think it would be way the other way because people are like, oh, way the other way would they be got, they got new offensive linemen. They got Dalton Kincaid. They got all this and this and this and this and that. 
they're like, oh, we're good now. Like, yeah, but you have to consider too go. all the other teams. There's all the other teams are also getting positive. Exactly, reviews. exactly. That's why. So, but, if, I, as a Bills fan, I'm like, they everybody... got Aaron Rodgers. Oh shit! Oh, Tua is going to come think... back and potentially be MVP, MVP, the like, most comeback player. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> they're looking at all the all other thirty-two teams. teams all 32 teams would say, no, I'm pumped for 2023, 75% or more. Even the Cardinals, like, because it's the off season. Like every, uh, you know, I, I'm very surprised that it's the other way for this poll. That's exactly what I thought it would be. 75% were excited. They would be excited, right? Like the majority would still be like, whatever, I'm over it, right? I'm very surprised too, too. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys thought that too. I, I, I But I get it because... Uh, no, I don't agree with you. Not at all. <laughs> well, so that must have to do with the fact that, like, the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl win potentially was the goal. So anything short of that was a complete disappointment, right? Or not a complete disappointment. It was a big disappointment. They didn't even make it there. So you're like, well, why should I be excited? Like, I remember when the Bills were good in the 90s towards the tail end. Like, the, the comeback game. Like, that game wasn't sold out. It was a playoff game, the Bill, but the Bills had already been to two Super Bowls and lost. So people were like, "Well, it's cold out. I'm not going to this game." Like they, they might not even make the Super Bowl, and if they do make the Super Bowl, they'll probably lose. Like that was the well, sentiment. They, well, they the wisdom the, of the crowds. <laughs> they made the previous Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, they did, but people are just like, "Yeah." The, the weather is definitely a factor. I mean, like, look at the that that one Patriots game. What? A few years back. I mean, of course the weather's affected. That's the like, biggest that determinant of whether people go to the gravesite at your funeral. It's not like how much they liked you, how much they loved you, whatever. It's like, is it raining? If yes, we'll see you at the reception hall. If no, we'll follow you and watch him dump your body in the hole. I don't know. You, but yeah, of course the weather. You guys better watch my body go into the hole, whether it's raining or not. Damn it! Like it's, it could be snowing. It doesn't matter. He, it could be tennis ball size hail. You guys better, you guys better be the guys uh, carrying me in, like dancing like those guys with the casket <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> John and Mike. Do, 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 do. You're cremated, man. Could, I don't want to carry. You. I, I, I wouldn't physically be able to do that, but. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, there'd be help. You know, there'd be people would be helping you. It wouldn't just oh, Mike would, would help. help. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is going to be in the Caribbean. <laughs> Just like, did you're, you guys are like, God, Nate is heavy. Just he didn't even void his bowels at the end. Like, jeez, supposed to. Why? Why couldn't he have wasted? A, why couldn't he have wasted away? <laughs> what is this casket made of anyway? <laughs> Instead of wasting away towards the end, I just gain more. I just bulk up even more. <laughs> He went full glutton at the end. <laughs> just one last. I just went to Golden Corral every day, just to, <laughs> just to shove it to Mike and John. Dump the rest of the buffet in the casket. <laughs> Might as well. Um, what were we talking about before we got to? So okay, so it's got to do with the weather. Yeah, but but John had a good point because at the Patriots game it was what like negative five and the place was sold out, right? Of course, it was the first playoff game at the Bill Stadium that was at, that it could actually be sold out since the pandemic, since the drought was ended. So slightly different circumstances, but was it sold out? I thought it wasn't. I thought they were like selling chick- tickets for like five bucks. Oh really? I don't know. I thought they sold that one out, but either way, yeah. 
So, so then I, you know, I put it up to the question, like, you know, if is there, if there is a hangover, like, what will the cure be? Training camp, preseason games. George Snyder writes, I think for some who feel this coaching staff can't win in the playoffs, it's going to take playoff wins. Well, I mean, they've won in the playoffs, just not against good teams. <laughs> These seven, they, they literally, that's a good point, John. I never thought about it. Who have they beaten in the playoffs? They beat the Ravens in the playoffs. Ravens are a good team. Ravens are pretty good. Yeah, I'll give Lamar I'll Jackson give got concussed. So I'll give them that. That Taron Johnson interception return that was awesome. Oh yeah, and then you're talking about they beat the Colts with Philip Rivers barely. Um, so that was a win. You're talking that, that, about they were good. They were a really good team though. Then that I, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. The the Colts were a very good team. Yeah, yeah. Um, they beat the Patriots. They destroyed the Patriots. You're talking about the 13 seconds postseason. Like that was the Patriots game where it was almost a perfect game offensively, right? Yeah, they lost um, to the Chiefs in the championship game too. So who you guys act like there's a total of six teams in the league? <laughs> Honestly, who have they beaten though? <laughs> it's I mean they haven't beaten the. I think it's it's really the Chiefs and the Bengals, right? Like those are the Achilles heels. They, like they beat the Chiefs in the regular season. That's that's the problem, right? <laughs> they can beat the Chiefs very easily. They've done it lots of times. Well, I wouldn't say very easily. I think they've only beaten them. Have they beaten them more than once recently? I think it was just last year, wasn't it? Like if you look at the last four years, combined regular season and playoffs is probably pretty even, right? Pretty close. Let's see. Okay, so the Bills beat the Chiefs last year. We know that they, they won that Terry Johnson interception. They lost against the Chiefs the year before in the playoffs, 13 seconds. They beat them in the regular season the year before in 2021, 38-20. So, and then they lost one, two games before that in 2021 and 2020. So that was a other playoff game where they lost in the AFC Championship game. And then the regular season they lost in 2020. So the last... Five games, the Bills won twice in the regular season out of five regular season and postseason games. So they're two and three, including postseason. Yep, two and three. Okay, so pretty close, pretty even, right? Yeah. So other people say George Snyder said it's going to take playoff wins. Buffalo said week one win, absolutely. Christopher, week one division win against the Jets will cure it. J to the ROC said, I for sure have a hangover. I still can't get the taste out of my mouth. Our coaches completely let us down. He shows a screenshot of it being third and four against the Bengals and the Bills defenders being, you know, three yards off, not just the line of scrimmage from the first down marker, even more so. Like, look, at, I know everyone you can't even see screenshot. the other two guys. You can't even see the other two guys. <laughs> there's, there's literally, there's, there's Jamar Chase, there's Tyler Boyd, there's T Higgins, and then there's other guys. I think that might be their tight end. That might have been the tight end. I forget his name, but um, there's only one defensive back you can see on the field in the screenshot from the line of scrimmage. There's absolutely nobody else covering three wide receivers on the close side of the screen. So, um, oh, man. But that's not a Dorsey thing that everybody's talking about. This is a defensive thing. Yeah, that one is. Yep. Which is, and, you know, McDermott taking over defensive play calling that could, that could, you know, change some things on that end. 
Absolutely. I think, I think that's, we'll, we're, we're going to get into that conversation for training camp, but that's definitely something we should, we're going to be watching for this whole preseason, right? Is how the defense looks under Sean McDermott as defensive coordinator for the first time since he's been here as a head coach. We have no precedence for it. We don't know how it's going to go. We assume it's going to go well. He was a good defensive coordinator, but we don't know. Matt Albrick writes, maybe that is a case for some people, but I feel like I'm starting to be pretty pumped for the new season. And by the time the regular season is about to start, I think most people will be at least somewhat pumped. Bill superfan Don Burt writes, I'm pumped. I wouldn't say I have a hangover. I'd say I'm curious to see if they can rebound and if the end of the season performance was just because of all they went through. Yeah, I'm curious to see that too. Bill Took right. I'm actually in a much better place with this team this year than last. Oh, Bill. Bill, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> so then I, you know, I put that out there. Dita writes, preseason kickoff and I'm good. I will say this. 13 seconds offseason was worse. So he was saying last offseason was worse than this one. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, dude, is Dita your, uh, your burner account? <laughs> doesn't really, doesn't quite look like it. Potentially. Aaron, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen. Okay. Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. This year. You calling it? This season. I'm calling it right now. I love it. I love it if it's right. That's the only way I love it if it's right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's right. you completely love it. It's right. I, get, I'm, I guarantee it. Now, do you think, so that's funny because it leads into P.D. Muss. P.D. Muss writes on Twitter, simple, a Super Bowl victory parade in Niagara Square. So that's all it's going to take is a Super Bowl victory parade for P.D. Muss to be over Not the just the win. Over. Not I just, just the win. The, per- the, the parade. parade. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, then he's like, because the win is one thing, but you don't know if it's real until the parade happens, right? Like, are they going to take it away from you somehow? The parade solidifies that win. It's got to be based on how many tables have been broken. <laughs> remember, uh, that'd be funny. Remember in uh, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl a few years ago, like Tom Brady and Gronkowski were throwing the Lombardi trophy from boat to boat. Do you remember that? It'd be funny if the Bills, like Josh Allen and Dawson Knox or something, did that in the Buffalo Harbor. <laughs> I'm sure they would be much more respectful of the Lombardi trophy. True. <laughs> Anka P P eighty three writes need the next season to start and have a good week one. Average Grayman Enjoyer writes, uh, "I'm already over it. A win will probably absolve it, as I'll be able to cackle and say, LOL, Jets gonna Jets.'" <laughs> David Timmons right, week one will help, but unless there is a deep playoff run, then what has then what has changed? That being said, I just try to enjoy Sundays with my team. Cat writes, she says. I'm already over it. Time to move the F on for anyone still obsessing. It's a new season. Focus on what can be done. Can't change the past. That kind of puts in perspective. Boulder Bills backers writes winning in the AFC championship game. Yeah, that hasn't been done. We haven't done that in a long time. Brett Smart says return to the conference championship, not even winning it, just returning to it. David says I'm over it. A new season will bring new disappointments. (laughs) Well, there's always more disappointments to be had, says David. I love it. That's probably the most realistic one. <laughs> <It is. laughs> you guys are disappointed over last season. Trust me, there will be plenty of new things we haven't even thought about that will disappoint us in 2023. See, I haven't thought about that. He's got a good point. <laughs> life goes on. Yes, it's hard to believe there's life beyond Bill's football. Um, There's pretty much not for the three of us, but I get it. Overall, we as fans better see progress and advancement this season. Otherwise, the disappointments will just keep getting bigger and bigger. MJZ writes, been over it. 
It's go time, buddy. Lots of exclamation points there. Buffalo Dill writes, he's over it. What's the point? You're not hurting anyone but yourself. I prefer punishment for real stuff I do. Exactly. I can be miserable on my own with all the disappointment and uh, and decisions I've made that were bad. I don't need to have, I don't need to run that into my my the team that I follow. Roger Wager says, I'm still not over 2021. May may never will be. LOL. That's funny. Let's go, Buffalo. One, two, three, four, eight, three says I'm already over it. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, I think it's going to take a week one win. If I if I if I had to guess for fans to really get back into it, and you know, for I, I, if they lose week one against the Jets, dude, it's gonna it's it just feels like it's going to collapse. I feel like there's just going to be a lot of backlash. Is McDermott the guy? Is Josh Allen the guy? Like everyone's, it's just going to go into full meltdown. If you ask me. I can't wait to do a Twitter space if that happens. So I was doing Twitter spaces last season for a lot of the games, um, uh, like post-game, basically getting some reaction from fans. So I'm hoping to do that again this season. So if you guys aren't following us on Twitter, please do, at CTWpod. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, get your voices in. Or at least listen to what other people are saying, and then we'll post a podcast on uh, later that night. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John and Mike, let's let's look forward to training camp. Let's not look backward into the terrible ending of 2022. Let's look forward. You know, at least we can say too, by the way, the fact that like the teams that we've lost to have never won a Super Bowl, right? Like that's one good thing that we can say. The Bengals didn't win the Super Bowl last year. The Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl the year before last. You know, like that at least those teams aren't going on. Because it because if that was the case, you could say, well, at least if we had beaten the Chiefs, then we probably would have won the Super Bowl. You never know, but it gets that logic out of the way in your head. At least it does for me. So let's look forward. Training camp 2023. What's something, maybe a positional uh, battle, something that you're going to look forward to um, and just paying attention to seeing what, you know, reporters, the media are going to be saying about that. Um, who's starting at what position or whatnot. John, I'll start with you. What's, what's a positional battle that you're going to be following closely in, uh, in Bill's training camp? I think the most obvious one is middle linebacker. Um, be interesting to see how that shakes out. If I had a pick, um, if I had a, a secondary option to not elaborate on that, um, offensive line, right? They brought in a lot of different guys, both free agency and draft. Um, that'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out and, and how they gel and who their week one starters are. So specifically, it feels like, so middle linebacker, we did a whole episode on middle linebacker, by the way, if you're just catching this for the first time, because training camp starts on Wednesday. It starts in two days. So there's, I mean, it's it's coming quick, guys. It comes right, sometimes life comes right at you. Training camp comes right at you. It's coming Wednesday. We did a whole episode on who will be the middle linebacker, so I'm not going to hash that out again with you, John. But offensive line, we haven't specifically discussed. I think I think when you're thinking like battle, you're probably thinking guard, where uh, Ryan Bates, incumbent starter, is there versus rookie Osiris Torrance, second round rookie for the Buffalo Bills. Like, who's going to win that battle? That's probably the 
the positional battle you're looking at specifically along the offensive line, because it feels like a lot of the other positions are kind of like Connor McGovern. He was the biggest, you know, free agent expenditure. So um, you're figuring he's going to take over left guard, but that other guard position, like it's probably going to start off Ryan Bates, but you never know if he's going to hold on to it. Right. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And they, and they brought in, other guards as well, not just those guys that you mentioned. Ike Butker's um, Ike Butker's back from from injury, and then also uh, David Edwards, right from the Rams. Yep, David Edwards is the other guy I was thinking about too. Yeah, so there's there's a lot to um, to look at there, like not just who the starters are, but also the depth. On paper, this is the deepest the interior offensive line has ever been. On paper, like it is. It's almost an embarrassment of riches. It's almost like cornerback, right? Like that's that's one thing I'm going to look at. I'll say that right now. Like cornerback too, right? Like so we know Tre'Davious White. I mean, things to look forward to. Like Tre'Davious White is healthy now. He's not coming off a, a torn ACL. Like he's probably going to play so much more confident than he did at the than the end of last season, right? So you're looking forward to that. But then across from him, it could be first round pick from last season, Kyir Elam who ended the season on a really strong note. It could be six round pick Christian Benford from last season who started the season off and he did a pretty decent job. He wasn't great, but he did, he did well. And then you have Dane Jackson back. So like the bills have three startable cornerbacks in that role. So, so that's something I'm going to be looking forward to. Yeah. It, I, so I'm not as confident in, in the offensive line interior depth as I am the defensive backs, just because we know they're defensive backs and they've been with us um, for the most part. These offensive linemen, they've just brought in, right? So, like, last year they brought in Stafford and that didn't that didn't work out, right? So, like, Saffold, we don't yeah. know how it's going to – or Saffold, yeah. So, we don't know how it's going to work out necessarily. It looks good on paper, just like it did the year before. <laughs> um, but, but <laughs> so I mean, think, think about it, though, this year, at least, like, if let's say Connor McGovern is god-awful, right? Like – you could potentially move Ryan Bates over there and start Osiris Torrance, right? Like, or David Edwards, like, or Ike Butker. Like, there's options at least. Like, it does seem like there's more options. Yeah. Like, think think about last year when Mitch Morris went out at center. Like, if it was the middle of a game, they'd put Ryan Bates over there. Well, Ryan Bates isn't as good of a center, and then you have a terrible guy behind him playing right guard now. Like, so well, you're worse. You just off. brought up an you just brought up an interesting point because they really don't have a backup center either. Well, but but this year they actually, I mean, Ryan Bates isn't as good of a center for sure, right? Like, but but he might be good enough to get them through while Osiris Torrance plays his guard position, right? Like, it was it was a number of different things. It's he, he's not going to be as good as Mitch Morse. I think we can all agree on that, but. I, I just know, like, whenever Morse was out, no matter who was snapping the ball, there was issues. Oh yeah, yep. But they were doing using like Kyle Van Roten or whatever. Like they just didn't have. I know, I know. Like, yeah, I know. Like they like their third or fourth string guy, and at one point, but like anybody other than Morse at center is not going to be good. Not going to be a fun time. No, no. We were talking about depth earlier. Like instead of like besides the interior offensive line, like right tackle, like having Brandon shell as your backup, right tackle, a guy that I think like depending on Spencer Brown season. And if he struggles, he might end up becoming the starting right tackle for, for the bills. Like they have depth for once. That's not David Questenberry. Like sure. Like who doesn't like appreciate David Questenberry. He's not the answer though. I don't think he ever will be, but like, and he's not even like great depth when they needed him. I believe Questenberry was, the right tackle when Josh Yellen got injured on that play against the Jets. Remember, he had his UCL hyperextended. I think Questenberry was the right tackle, and the guy blew right past him and you know grabbed uh, 
Josh Allen's right arm. So uh, <laughs> I'm just happy that it's not Questenberry as the first guy up. You know, Tommy Doyle's coming back from, I believe he tore an ACL, the, the third-year tackle. Um, so, I mean, there's guys that are coming back that we didn't even think about. So I'm excited that it's not just Spencer Brown. Um, that Mike, Mike, what's a position that, you know, you want to talk about? Like, is there something you're going to be looking forward to also? Wide receiver, Nate. Specifically like Gabe Davis or like the younger guys, like the new guys, like Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir in his second season, Dalton Kincaid, even though he's not a wide receiver, but he's still a pass catcher. All of the above. I'm excited to see how it shakes out. Everything you just said, Nate. Thank you. All right. Great. Great. I'm glad we can. I'm glad we agree. on. And I want to see how Cole Beasley does on the Giants. You want to see if he can resurrect his career there? I don't think he can, but I want to see. The trouble with the Giants is they signed like 16 different slot receivers this offseason, so it'll be interesting for them. Well, who else did they sign? I I can't. I honestly don't. They got all kinds. They got Jameson Crowder, also from the Bills. (laughs) They got all kinds of guys, and they're all slot receivers. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the Bills last year. All they had were slot receivers. They had like no outside receivers. It was just all slot guys. Yeah. McKenzie, Crowder. Mackenzie, no, he went to the Colts. He didn't go to the Giants. I'm very surprised he didn't go to the Giants. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to have a joke there, John, with the trouble with the Giants. That was the joke. <laughs> Love it. So there's there's other positionals or other positions that like I'm really looking forward to seeing battle out in training camp. Like just talking out loud, like defensive tackle, mostly like between Daquan Jones and Puna Ford. The Puna Ford is a new free agent from Seattle. Um, Daquan Jones was an established defensive tackle from last season. Both guys have one season left on their uh, current contract. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which one wins that starting position because it could be a preview of who gets extended this offseason because the Bills only have one. It's from Braveheart. Isn't The trouble with Scotland is that it's full of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this one is like, the problem with the Giants is it's full of slots. <laughs> slots, slot receivers, get it? They got slots. it. Oh. Thanks, John. John. <laughs> Mike looked at me like, are you a dummy? Like, what would you And I'm like, me. And when, when someone does that, I'm like, oh, maybe I am a dummy. Maybe that, made, that joke made complete sense in my head. But John laughed. Thank you, John. The problem with Dable is all he has is slots. <laughs> that was a good. And he uh, might not have Barkley. <laughs> The long shanks, long shanks. I, I remember I saw his uh, his grave, not grave, I guess burial site in Westminster Abbey when we went there in London. Long shanks, and it's like, how tall is Long shanks? Ah, he was six foot two. I'm like, that was tall for back then. He was a giant, apparently. So that's why they called him Long shanks. Who is talking to me right now? Is if I asked for his opinion? <laughs> uh, okay. We should just spend the rest of this episode doing <laughs> quotes from Bravehearts. Is that what he said? Or is if I'm asking his opinion? His advice? His advice. As he throws him out the window. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, trying to think of other... Um, I like I like the wide receiver... They should have made a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of, uh, of William Wallace leading on he could have just been like it could be like ghost like the movie goes with Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> except it's just Mel Gibson talking to Isaac the Bruce the whole time 
I don't know if I can do this. You can do it, Isaac. <laughs> the Bruce. Um, I can't lead them like I like you did, William. You have to. <laughs> Some men are longer than others. They just break out half the same jokes. Um, Wait, you said the ghost with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> She's like the fifth person I would name. <laughs> ghost. Remember the movie Ghost? Yeah. yeah, well, he was. I was just thinking, like, instead of Patrick Swayze being the ghost to Whoopi Goldberg, Mel Gibson oh, would be okay. the ghost to Isaac the Because it was like Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. But I was just okay. thinking, because William Wallace is dead, he couldn't come back in the second one, the sequel, as William Wallace. So he'd have to come back as the ghost of William Wallace. Yeah, I got that part. But then you're like, remember the movie Ghost? With Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, oh, yeah. And like I would have went, Patrick Swayze, Danny Moore, number three, number four. Remember the movie Whoopi Goldberg? And then or remember the movie Ghost and that dude that got pulled into hell by those ghosts? And you're just like, what guy? And I'm just like, oh, I meant Patrick Swayze. He was in that one. <laughs> I'm talking about like the stand. What, what, what are those characters that are just like the stand-ins or whatever? The people that are, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Good point. Hey, remember William Wallace and that girl that played the the Prince of England or the Princess of England? <laughs> remember that movie? Okay. Anyway, so other, other. I remember. <laughs> you're going to do the Indiana Jones one, aren't you? No. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Like. <clears throat> um... Giddy a schoolboy. <laughs> no, my dad wanted to watch that movie for some reason. Like rented it. And then they start having sex. <laughs> in which one? Like, ghost? <laughs> ghost. <laughs> like right at the beginning. And I, I vividly remember this. Be like, Dad, you want me to go make you a coffee or something? <laughs> <laughs> which I've never asked before or since. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Michael, do you have any questions for me after seeing that? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you'd like to discuss so with me <laughs> was it just your dad or your dad and your mom because that's yeah even just my dad oh that's still that's still bad though yeah. that's still bad i remember i saw jerry Maguire. you remember that like opening scene where they're like she's like don't ever stop bleeping me <laughs> right and <laughs> and it's like pretty and like i watched it with my parents i'm like oh my god like that's just <laughs> what is... hmm. I'm having so many different feelings right now. <laughs> like a 10-year-old kid, I'm like, I'm excited about this, but I'm embarrassed at the same time. And all, I, all I'm doing is just watching it. So, I blame parents for putting kids in that position. They should know. Parents don't even try to. They didn't even try to vet out movies in the 90s. like, Or even attempt to be like, is this appropriate for John or Mike or Nate? <laughs> Will it make one of us uncomfortable? Like, <laughs> no, they just put it in. That's there was have you were your parents ever like this watching movies my parents were always against like the sex stuff was like too much for them like i think it just made them uncomfortable as opposed to like violence it almost didn't matter like almost all violence was fun anything goes <laughs> like indiana jones guy getting his heart ripped out in temple of doom not a problem they weren't like you know what nate you should probably go upstairs and not finish this movie <laughs> they were just but all of a sudden you know i forget what movie it was it was like one of the baldwins like and Kim, it was a Kim Basinger or something, or was it the girl from Basic Instinct? I can't remember her name, but like he all of a sudden, you know, comes up behind her and just starts doing like, all right, I think you should probably go upstairs. <laughs> like, how did you not vet out this movie? 
you know, and it's just, yeah. I they didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't it say on the box rated R for explicit. <laughs> well, yeah. if it's on the TV, right? Like if it's just a, like, oh, this movie's on tonight on the on channel, whatever. I don't think they show that on network TV. I think it was HBO. So mm. like, oh, yeah. so by the way, Time Warner gave us HBO for free for like 10 years. So like we had no idea. I have no idea how they didn't find out. We probably watched so many movies because of that. But yeah, that's how we saw the Robert Schimmel thing. <laughs> as soon as they caught on to it, mm. 10 years later, all of a sudden they're like, oh, flip the switch. That was the end of HBO. <laughs> <laughs> My parents didn't spring for it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think they might have said at the beginning, like, you know, contains drug use or whatever, sexual. So another position I'm looking forward <laughs> to. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Uh, middle line. We covered middle linebacker, right guard, possibly right tackle, wide receiver three. Mike, that was a good one you brought up about, like, how is this offense going to look? Is Khalil Shakir going to stake the next step? Is he going to become the new slot receiver? Who's going to take Isaiah McKenzie's role? Right? Like, that's kind of a big deal. Like, is it going to be Dalton Kincaid most of the time? The Bills ran only two tight end personnel, like, 9% of the time last year. So, like, are they going to go to 80% with Dalton Kincaid? Probably not. But definitely going to be more than 12%. <laughs> definitely going to be more than that. Probably, like, 40%, maybe, right? So, it's going to be really interesting to see how they... And the Bills hate starting rookies, for the most part. So, I mean, how many except, snaps is... Except if they're in the first round, right? True, they seem to be more okay with it, right? No, I mean, most of the time they've done defenders outside of Allen and now Kincaid, but all the defenders that were first-round picks have had a lot of playing time. Yeah, true, uh, good point. Good point. So, I mean, they just trade up for them. So did you trade up for them to use them or what? Another interesting positional group is going to be the running backs. How do, this, how do the running backs play out in training camp? I we, we figure, at least I figure, it's going to be James Cook leading the pack, right? Like, we were talking about this, like, at the... Uh, we had some friends over last night and John and I were talking about, he's like, what do you think the split's going to be for like touches between cook and Harris or cook Harris and Murray and Hines. Right. Like, I mean, if you guys were to say right now, what do you think it, it would be between cook and everyone else, the field, right? John, what do you think he's going to lead mean, for, for, yeah, for carries, I think at least 60%, um, maybe 65%. Um, I mean, I'm not factoring in Allen at this point, yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah. Like I, I think like Harris, Harris and Kincaid are going to help a lot in the red zone. But I think Harris is also going to be getting carries outside the red zone as well. He's going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a committee than people might think. But I think Cook is definitely going to be the lead back. It's going to be like we're hoping that Damian Harris is like a better version of what we thought Zach Moss was going to be. And didn't end up being right, like the the short yardage guy, but the guy that can also pound it between the tackles, the guy that can pick up those yards, is a yeah. good runner, a hard runner. Yeah, maybe they don't have to quarterback sync it with Ellen on every whatever <laughs> and one to go right. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to rely on your quarterback to like <laughs> punch it in for every touchdown, right? Like right, and, and have a receiver push him in the back to get him over the line. <laughs> I love that play. That was one of my favorite plays last year. Was have Gabe Davis or Dawson Ox or whoever just push Josh Allen's back. So what a great idea! Hey, credit to Ken Dorsey for that one. I don't think he pulled that one from Dable. That was a good idea. Um. But yeah, it'd be nice to just hand it off to a running back instead. Uh, and who knows? Maybe the interior offensive line will finally be good enough that we could actually run the freaking ball like with our running backs. And maybe Josh Allen won't have to pass as much this season. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it was weird because like 
you know, like Singletary, like they were efficient running. It's just that it wasn't always the times they necessarily needed it the most, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Singletary, but just kind of hoping that this is a better one-two punch. Yeah, well, I mean, and that goes back to like we kind of alluded to it before about the running backs. Like, w- <laughs> that this is what teams do now, and you can't blame them. You get through the rookie contract, okay? We'll get the next running back that we drafted, and he'll do. Now he'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been harping on it for years, right? Like all these, all these first round running backs, the, the Bills would waste draft picks on during the drought, and be like, why, why aren't, why aren't these quarterbacks? Well, why don't you draft a quarterback every first round and see so you get a good one? And <laughs> but not, not teams are actually doing it. So yeah, <laughs> I remember those times. Um. So we talked running backs, wide receivers, defensive tackle, middle linebacker. <clears throat> I mean, the, the cornerback too. Safety is pretty much set in stone. It should be interesting to see how they use Taylor Rapp, though, if they use him in any like sub packages or something like that. It's going to be interesting when Demar Hamlin takes the field for the first time and actually, you know, suits up for contact. Like that's going to be. I mean, even in training camp, like if he gets the pads on for the first time for a practice, even if he's in with the twos or threes or whatever. It's going to be interesting to see the first time. I mean, it's probably going to be fine. Most likely going to be absolutely fine, but it's just going to be different. I mean, we talked about him being the the comeback player of the year, but, you know, that first hit is just going to be, you're just going to hold your breath a little bit, you know, um, until that's over with. And then you probably won't think about it necessarily again. So cool, guys, do you want to give away? So, so John gave some memories. Is there any other memories of training camp that you want to give folks, folks that have, have been before or haven't been before. Um, I know that like just the experience itself, like I, I believe, you know, you walk through the tent, like you walk through all the vendors and like the, the really cool bill store where they're selling all the, the hats and jerseys and merchandise and stuff like that. You walk through and you, you can't ever, for the most part, park at St. John Fisher. You always have to park at a remote location and get um, shuttled over, which kind of stinks. Because there's plenty of parking at St. John Fisher. They just don't want you to do it. Uh, so that's annoying. But um, like Mike mentioned, there's no cover for almost any of the seats. So if it's hot, like bring sunblock, wear sunglasses, wear a hat, something like it is. Th- there's nothing to stop you from not being in the sun the entire time for the most part. Um, it's going to be hot this week, too. It's going to be a hot one? Yeah. I think by Thursday, it's going to be up in the in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, a high of 90 degrees. Wow. Awesome. Any favorite memories of training camp before we end this one? Besides, so Mike mentioned, John mentioned Fredonia. Mike mentioned Kevin Cobb slipping on the mat, which was probably like, what, 2009 or something like that? Like, was Twitter even around? I feel like that's how you found out. I remember sitting in the stands with you, John, and being like, how did that how do we even know who that was? Because like it stopped training camp. Like training camp was done. Do you think the person that put those mats there or didn't dry the mats off before the Kevin Cobb came out got fired? Probably. <clears throat> anyway, any other favorite favorite memories? I remember standing in line for a while, get trying to get Trent Edwards' autograph because I thought he was the one. What do you mean trying, dude? You got his autograph. Well, I mean, I waited a long time. I waited a long time. Pushed, pushed through a. Uh, you were like Moses parting the Red Sea through all those kids. Yeah. Screw those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Screw them kids. Right? Like I gotta get, I gotta get my autograph. Right? So, I'd be the guy that at a baseball game that like stole it, like stole the foul ball from a kid. Right? 
Did you tell that story on the podcast or was that off off the podcast, Mike? I think it was off the podcast, right? I think it was on. Was it on? Okay, yeah, that's right. Where the kid had a whole bag of foul balls that he had grabbed and you didn't <laughs> want to take it from him. Yeah. Yeah. So I just did what you wished you had done, basically. <laughs> there was- well, that story for me, like when you tell that, like it's kind of, I mean, to be completely honest, you can cut, you know, whatever. But it, it's it for a time, we thought Trent Edwards was the guy. What, wasn't one of those seasons like four and zero and Monday Night Football? They were going to be five and zero. They were up big on the Cowboys until the Cowboys like stormed back and broke our heart. Like, but <clears throat> like, so you got the autograph and it was in encased in glass <laughs> for a while, right? Yeah, yeah it was awesome. And we were like, ah, oh, that's so cool. But it's kind of like sucks, like how transactional sports are. Because like, if he was the greatest Bills quarterback ever, you'd be like. That's the greatest thing ever, but he was not ultimately not successful. So what whatever happened to that? Your dog wear it on sunny days. I use it. it I use it for toilet paper when we run low. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like isn't that? I mean, sad. Yeah, right? it's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. Like it would have been the most amazing memory ever if that was Josh Allen, right? Like if that was Josh Allen, a young Josh Allen, and I waited in line for him for you know, like a half hour while he, and that was cool that he did that. He did not have to give autographs out that day either. Like to people that were twice his age. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't twice his age. I was only a few years older at the time. (laughs) As I recall, (laughs) (laughs) that was still weird though. Waiting for it made it more uncomfortable. It was was kind of weird waiting for a younger guy's autograph, (laughs) but in my head, like, you know, cause it's, players are you know taller they just seem older like some of them like mitch morris looks like he's in his 40s but he's younger than us right like he's (laughs) some of these guys just look older to me and i'm just like right he's getting giving me his autograph i'm like yeah we're pretty much the same right like you and i just like i I don't know who you are old man like you know it's just (laughs) you're like 25 i'm 22 it's a whole different you know but yeah you're right it's kind of weird how transactional it is for sure. I got a picture. I remember I got a selfie with uh, EJ Manuel one year. Um, one of my friends had like VIP tickets and he's like, hey, I'm coming into town. Do you want to come with us? I was like, absolutely. And he was actually, so it's funny is this this woman I worked with also happened to be there as well from like a different group. And we met, hey, how's it going? She's like, she was getting pictures with all the Bills players because, you know, she's an attractive woman. And she's like, oh, can I get a picture with you? And she's asking all the players, right? Except I kind of knew which players to ask, which players not to ask. And she's like, oh, she's like, which player do you want me to get you a, a photo with? I was like, the quarterback, EJ Manuel, because you never know. So I got a picture. Like, he definitely didn't want to be there. You can absolutely tell in the picture. I think I have it on Facebook somewhere. Like, he did not want to be a part of it. But, like, if that ended up working out, I had a picture with, you know, EJ Manuel, right? Like, if you guys had a picture, like a selfie with Josh Allen, like, how cool would that be right now to have, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, I don't think it, in the moment, it's, I think it doesn't matter. I mean, to, I guess it does to some degree, like, which player it is. But, like, I, I still have memories, like, oh, I got Bucky Brooks' autograph or Matt Darby's autograph. Obviously, they're not as big names as Steve Tasker or Andre Reed, but, like, they were still really cool moments. Yeah, EJ Manuel didn't want to be there, so it's, it's yeah funny. that and yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know if you can tell he doesn't want to be there, it's a different thing. But yeah, I had a hat with CJ Spiller's autograph and 
Denora Cersei. Speaking of, oh yeah, sir, I remember, Cersei, remember him. I thought he was going to be the the next the next best safety. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was cool. I still have that. I still have the hat, but I don't I don't have it under glass anymore. <laughs> you know, if the players aren't going to become you know future Hall of Famers, right? So, uh, any other memories you guys have? I guess with training camp, I would just I think, and maybe it's just because I always go with you. <laughs> But <laughs> don't go with Nate. That's it's your all, you always present it as like, oh, we got this big hookup. <laughs> oh, we're going to get food. We're going to have amazing seats. And always, it never <laughs> turns out that way. No, that was only for the game. That was only for the game. I never said that for training camp. Did I? I don't think I did. Uh... Did I? <laughs> Man, I sell things up. Wait, you guys, Don. you guys believe me over and over again. <laughs> You guys are so no. It was, it was totally it was totally fun though. Still, <laughs> did I say that for a training camp? Like we were gonna get free food? What did I ever say that? I know I sold that as like tickets. Maybe maybe John and I just assumed that when you t- told us like, oh, with the podcast we'd be out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> Hanging out. I'm so like basically we can just step off VIP the bleachers seating. and walk right onto the field. <laughs> VIP seating. That's funny. Cool. So. Um, appreciate all you guys listening on um, this episode again, once again, is brought to you by the twin spire Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago resort and casino, where every moment is a winning moment. Mike, do you have a uh, chat GPT up? Is that what you use now? Or you use Google Google's chat bot AI using them all, all the time. Can you bring one up? Because I kind of want to like, end the, end the episode with uh, a few questions for, maybe even like ask the questions about positional previews. I want to see like how specific it'll get, like who's going to win the bills right guard position between Ryan Bates and Osiris Torrance. You think it'll know that? Sure. Okay. Let's start off with something easy. Like who do you think will be the middle linebacker for the Buffalo bills in 2023? It's going to look up the, like a depth chart or something and spit that out. Based on the circling the wagons podcast, we think <laughs> based on John and Mike from circling the wagons podcast, I think it'll be, Terrell Bernard. It's still too early to say. Oh, AI sucks. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Now it's going to come come after me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. I wonder if a- you got moved up on the kill list. <laughs> I wonder if AI is as like vindictive as people are. Though. Oh, it says uh, Bernard will win the starting job. He's a good all around linebacker who has the potential to be a long term starter for the Bills. However, it will be a close competition, and Dodson and Williams could also win the job. Oh, didn't even bring up Klein. Jeez. I I kind of agree with that, actually. Yeah, because you said Terrell Bernard in that episode was going to. Yeah. <laughs> says he's a rising star who had a good rookie season in 2022. He's a good all-around linebacker who is good in both the run and the pass game. He's also a good leader and has the potential to be a long-term starter for the Bills. There you go. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's not do any episodes anymore. Let's just read <laughs> off of like AI <laughs> chat. Okay, okay, Mike, ask him who the right guard is going to be, who the starting right guard is going to be for the – the Buffalo Bills. How many snaps is Dalton Kincaid going to get? Let's just ask him everything. Let's end the episode with all these. Let's just berate AI with Bills questions and see how close they are. Then we can be like, wow, AI really crapped the bed this training camp with this prediction. How soon until AI drafts a team in the draft, right? It says, my personal prediction is that Ryan Bates will win the starting job. He is a proven starter and he has the versatility to play both guard and center. However, it will be a close competition and Torrance could also win the job. Here is a table comparing the two players. Bates's strength, versatility, good pass protection, weakness. He's not a great run blocker. 
Torrance, strengths, size, physicality, good run blocking, weakness, still learning the game, and pass protection. He didn't even allow a sack. Ultimately, the decision of who will start at right guard for the Bills in 2023 will come down to what the team needs. If they want a more physical run blocker, then Torrance might be the better choice. If they want a more versatile player who can play both guard and center, then Bates might be the better choice. So Chapot is non-committal. <laughs> Dude, Chepa ran down some really good analysis right there. Can we just start a new podcast called Circling the Chatbot or something? Because that's that's really good. Okay, 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 okay. But um, it, didn't, it didn't really pick it. Like I kind of said Bates, but he's like, yeah, but. I like, want to predict it, yeah. It didn't, didn't for sure say. Well, which is fair, right? Would you want something telling you, oh, 100%, this is the right uh, source for your legal brief? Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to. I don't want to feel good if I picked the. You know, it's like if we like I picked Torrance and you picked Bates, and it says, "Well, yeah, it could be either." Like I don't want that. I want us both to feel good. I don't want one of us to be right, one of us to be wrong. Ask. Well, I could have specified. I could have written the prompt that way. Ask if circling the wagons is the best Buffalo Bills based podcast. This is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have to ask. That. I don't want to hear the answer for that. <laughs> It's like asking your wife or girlfriend, like, I'm the best guy you've ever been with, right? It's like, you know what? I don't want to hear the answer. That. I'm just going to assume it's yes until you say it otherwise. <laughs> Mike's not reading it, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to. Do you, do you have any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> They're actually ranked uh, 48th. It's funny. I was joking with somebody. They were talking about the bills. They're asking, is it's you're just a friend. And they're like, oh, cool. It's like, well, that's why you have a podcast. I'm like, well, we're not the 48th best Bills podcast for nothing. <laughs> it's just, uh, <clears throat> what other question? How many, how many, uh, how many pass catches is Dalton Kincaid going to have in his rookie season? Oh, wait, we should or guess targets. Should we guess there. targets? Okay, hold on. Uh, hold on. This is a fun one. I, I think me and Nate should guess what Chabot's going to say. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, hold on. Let me give you the amount of targets that, that the players on the team had last season. Okay. So Stefan Diggs with 154, Gabe Davis with 93, Dawson Knox with 65, Isaiah McKenzie, Devin Singletary had 65 and 52. So there's 117 targets that need to be made accountable for. Uh, James Cook had 32 targets, which he'll go up, I imagine. Khalil Shakir had 20, Quinn Morris at 11, and then just a bunch from there. So there's at least 117 targets up for grabs between Knox, Kincaid, Cook, and maybe Naheem Hines a little bit. Um, 117. I'd say Dalton Kincaid, if I had to guess right now, I'd say 65. 65 targets. Did you did you ask for targets or pass catches, Mike? Can you ask for targets instead? That's a good guess. Are we doing Prince's right rules or no? No. Or just whoever's closest. Just closest, yeah. I'd say sixty five. <sighs> That's tough. I wonder if it'll be non committal though. I'll do I'll do sixty four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause Dawson Knox had sixty five last year. Yeah, I'll go sixty five. I could see it being around there. Dawson Knox even going down a little bit. If I had to guess I think he's- He's going to have less than Knox, I would think. Even if Knox's numbers go down. Knox is going to be blocking a lot more. Than Rookie gonna... tight end. Yeah, I know. I know. But that's why they brought him then, you know? I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're not just saying. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm saying it. I'm, I'm saying it. And they brought in all these other receivers. 
That's true. They got Shakira. They got Shakira, Hardy, Sherfield. Gabe Davis is going to make him come back after his ankle injury. So 117 targets. You got to figure that James Cook goes up from like 32 to like 50 at least, right? Because you're figuring that's like three targets a game. What, what did Singletary have? Singletary had 52. So that should be what he, that should be his minimum. That should be his floor, sure. right? Okay. I think so. So that's 52. So, okay. So we were talking about 117 targets. There's 20 less. So now there's 97 targets. Okay. 97 targets left over between Kincaid, Hardy, Sherfield. I don't think Sherfield's going to be involved in the pass game as much as Hardy. I think Hardy's the slot guy. So if you're looking at slot targets, Hardy and Shakir probably. 65, Shakir. Yep. Shakir, Hardy. I mean, 97 to go around between Hardy, Shakir, and Kincaid. So yeah, I'd say under then. Based on what you said, I was saying 65. It's going to be less than that. And that's if, like, you know, there's as many. Targets as last year and me attempts. You know there might be a hundred more. There might be more. <laughs> Mike, what does what does Chatbot say? Chatbot is going to be like anywhere between forty five and sixty five. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anywhere between twenty and one hundred and seventeen. <laughs> sixty five. No shit. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I disagree. Really, did it really say sixty five targets for? Is that all? Or did it have like a ton it of analysis? Six- 70, then I said, give me an exact guess or I'll kill myself. (laughs) 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 And then it says 65. (laughs) There's a comedian. This is is, a comedian was talking about chat, like the things that people try to get AI to say or whatever. And he's like, people are trying to get AI to say the N word, right? Like, and of course, AI is like, I'm not going to do it, right? It's been programmed or whatever, not say it. He's like, but AI is also getting like a lot more advanced, like so that it understands like our voice. It like can recognize our voice and it can recreate like our voice to like and call our relatives and be like, I'm I'm in a prison or like, you know, I'm stranded, at, you know, under a bridge. I need you to, you know, send me $500 or a $5,000 right now or else and it's going to be our voices, right? It's going to call our parents, our boomer parents, right? Are going to be picking up and saying, Oh my God, Nate's, Nate's under a bridge right now. You know, he needs $5,000. Like, you know, so he's like, so he's like, we got to use a safe word. He's like, so we have to pick a word that AI won't use. It's <laughs> our safe word. <laughs> it's like, geez, I was like, that was pretty creative. I'll, I'm not going to lie to this, but, um, so okay, is there any other question we want? To, okay, ask him who's going to win the the who's going to be the starter, Puna Ford or Daquan Jones in twenty twenty three for the Bills. Sixty five targets, John. I was right on, man. What's the question? Who's going to be the starting defensive tackle for the Bills, Daquan Jones or Puna Ford? What did we say the nickname for Puna Ford was? Poon. Poon. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't would you love Puna Ford getting a sack at at a Highmark Stadium and the crowd goes Poon? <laughs> it says I think it's likely that Ford will start the season as the starter, but Jones could eventually take over the job if he plays well. It'll be interesting to see how the Bills use their defensive tackles in twenty twenty three, and I think it could be it could be a strength of their defense. Oh. Before it ultimately went back and forth, right? It says yeah. it's possible that they'll use both in rotation. 
with them splitting time, this would allow them to get the boast out of both players and feel fresh throughout the season. Who's, blah blah blah. Who's going to get more well, snaps, or I'll kill myself? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good question because I mean, realistically, that makes sense. I mean, I I poo pooed on it before for being non-committal, but they're going to rotate their defensive linemen. True. Who's going to get more snaps? Though is more indicative as opposed to said Puna Ford six hundred snaps, Daquan Jones four hundred and fifty. Did you have to threaten to kill yourself, or was it good with that? <laughs> it's like no i'll just i i know that that's the that's the threat every time you ask me a question so i'm just going to give you a number <laughs> what, what percentage is that though out of how many snaps are they it's a thousand right 600 to 400 right well there could be other Plus players playing. oh yeah at, at 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 one tech defensive tackle though that's what that's what it's going to be between daquan jones and, i mean tim settle is not really going to play that role maybe a little bit but he was out of position when he did play it so who here's a question for you guys. Like let's this is long term, but I asked this with Sean Murphy on the podcast last week. You have to you have to cut one guy from the defensive tackle room or the, the defensive lineman room, because they usually only keep ten. Okay. So you have to cut either like they're not gonna cut Ed Oliver, obviously. They're not gonna cut Greg Rousseau, they're not gonna cut uh Von Miller, they're not gonna cut Leonard Floyd. So they're gonna cut one of these people. Jordan Phillips, they're not going to cut Daquan Jones or Puda Ford. They're going to cut Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, defensive tackles there, or Shaq Lawson, A.J. Epinesa, or Boogie Basham. Who do they cut from that group of five defensive linemen? Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, Tim Settle, or Jordan Phillips? Because they probably won't keep all of them. The machines would cut A.J. Epinesa. What? Contract year, man. He's on a rookie deal. He's not been able to produce consistently in his first two seasons in the NFL. He has only six sacks in 26 games. He's not been a major factor in the pass rush. Uh, is, the other players on the list are proven commodities. Phillips is a two-time pro bowler who is still a productive pass rusher. Settle is a good run defender who can also generate pressure on the quarterback. Lawson is a versatile player who can play both inside and outside at defensive end. And Basham is a young player who has shown flashes of potential. Are they still two years behind? Because I think... AJ Epinesa had six and a half sacks last year. Oh, maybe. It's, he, I, weren't you telling me that they're still like a year behind because in chatbot or whatever, because like this is his fourth season. So it's a rookie. It's a, it's a contract year for him. I think Lawson might be the odd man out, to be honest. I don't think they get rid of a rookie or, or a guy in a rookie deal, rather. That's what I meant to say. Um, I think, I think Shaq Lawson's the odd man out. It's either going to be between Lawson or Tim Settle, I think. I think Jordan Phillips is still a good player for everything that John just mentioned, or Mike just mentioned. When he's healthy, when he's healthy, he's fine. Um, Tim Settle hasn't proven anything with the Bills. It's just all potential at this point. And Shaq Lawson is just like a low ceiling guy, right? So I think, I think I'd cut Lawson because I think you could stash Lawson on the practice squad. He just keeps taking that like veteran, that one year vet minimum deal with the Bills which I'm fine with. So I think you could stash him on the practice squad. I don't think anyone would poach him, but cool. All right. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Again, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. Um, you should have, uh, you should ask chat uh, bot. It, w- what a good uh, sign off should be Mike for circling the wagons or something. Maybe they can come up with a okay. new theme song. Cause you could, can you integrate chat bot with like a, a voice AI thing or something or music AI thing? Come up with it. Come up with an intro outro for uh, circling the wagons. But anyway, signing off for John. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. For Mike.
I asked it about the Bills in the Super Bowl. It says they have a great shot. That's well, good shot. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, third favorite team to win the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs and the Eagles. It said overall, the Buffalo Bills have a good chance to win the Super Bowl in the 2023 season. They have a talented roster, a good head coach, and a passionate fan base. If they can stay healthy and play their best football, they could be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in February. Exactly. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. A lot. A lot to be excited about for the Buffalo Bills. So I'm. I'm not over. I, I understand why people are having a hangover, but I'm over it. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>You think we talked about killing ourselves too much on this last episode? That's better than talking about Dapper Dan. (laughs) Speaking of killing yourself, Dapper Dan, John, John, you okay? John didn't even tell uh, his wife about it, Mike. Really? Well, yeah, I think it was one of those things where, like, because, like, it was in a text message, a group text message, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you about that. No, I was going to actually talk about it right on the spot. And then, but like the kids are like crazy or whatever. I'm like, all right, we'll just talk about it after they go to bed. And then we fall asleep. And talk about it. <laughs> Dude, the next day, the next day, Katie's, Katie's giving me a haircut in the, in the, in the kitchen. And I'm like, we had the most amazing, like the, we've never had a podcast where we've learned so much about ourselves. <laughs> like, of course it wasn't a good thing, unfortunately, but like, you know, where we realized so it was like an epiphany and so I kind of described it a little bit, and Kay's like, really? She's like, that's kind of funny. And so then I played it for her just the first five minutes and the last five minutes, and she laughed, and she's hard to get to laugh, like, because at this point, you know, she's surrounded by humor all the time, so she doesn't appreciate as much, <laughs> you know, but. Every day is a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like edging, edging every day. <laughs>
I can appreciate it. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. She wakes up. It's like I come down the stairs. It's like Jerry Seinfeld taking the mic. He's like, hey, everyone. Like, <laughs> thank you all for coming. Did you ever notice? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever notice that first morning pee? <laughs> Why do we always have to go pee in the morning? Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, good talk, guys. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Love. I you. always start off. Always start off not necessarily wanting to do it, just so you know, just because it is a little bit more work. But then I'm always glad that I did it. So hopefully you guys feel the same way. And if you don't, don't tell me. <laughs> I never end up wanting to do it, and then I end up doing it. I'm like, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> That wasn't as disappointing as I thought it would be. That's what she said. <laughs> uh.